0: Welcome back. Hour number two of the Bill Michaels show, man, what a game last night. Number one, Kansas takes down number eight, North Carolina, 72-69, the largest comeback in men's championship game history. They were down by 16-15 at the half, and you thought, boy, how is Bill Self's team going to come back from this? And then they put the clamps defensively down. They got off and running. They started to get transition buckets. And uh, before you know it, uh, they won their title, their first title for Bill Self since 2008. He has now won multiple titles in college basketball. Joining us now on the line, Brian Ralph, uh, heat check college basketball, heat check CBB national reporter joining us on the line. Brian, how you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm doing well. We're
1: recovering, but we're, we're doing well. How are you
0: guys doing? We're doing extremely well. Where does this championship put Bill Self? In the pantheon, we'll say of coaches,
1: I think, especially in looking through the lens of Coach K's retirement, I think it puts him among that like elite tier of coaches and that, that top tier. Not only just how good of a coach he is, but also just his stature in the game of being one of the the real leaders and most accomplished guys. He's up there with, with probably Jay Wright, I would say, uh, in that category. Um, Having multiple championships, I think, does that for him because for all the Big 12 titles and uh, regular season titles, Big 12 tournament titles, all all the things he's done, if you were detracting from Bill Self, you could point to, well, he's only won one NCAA tournament, and all of the legendary coaches, uh, for the most part, have multiple. And now he's got two. That one negative or or one thing you could point to and say that's not quite up to stuff with everybody else, Uh, you don't have that anymore.
0: Uh, when you look at, and again, the, the top, I know it's way too early because people are already putting out the uh, the seeding for next year, which is completely crazy. Does Kansas then, are they up there again? Because, I correct me if I'm wrong, he's never been below a sixth seed in the NCAA tournament?
1: I think that's correct. Uh, and the way they've dominated the Big 12, you know, that's a conversation for a different day. Uh, but, but yeah, I what he's done there has been incredible. they're going to be good again. They're going to lose a lot of their key guys, you know, Chai Baji, David McCormack, um, Remy Martin. But the one thing about Kansas and the way they recruit, uh, they can reload. And what we saw this past off season, too, with them bringing in Remy Martin, is they can identify and get one of the top um couple of transfers that are available on, on the transfer portal so i would expect that to happen as well you know the and the off season of the first month or two has become something like free agency with the transfers and uh and some late commitments uh, so kansas certainly has not done forming the roster but I, I fully expect them to be uh, one of the favorites in the big 12 certainly going into next year
0: what did we learn from this tournament this year? Because it seemed like everybody's bracket was blown up at some point. And it was kind of like when you look at the brackets, it was just who lost the least rather than who actually knew who was beating who in the knowledge of the tournament.
1: Yeah, I think the big thing that was really reinforced to me is that guard play matters. Guard play really matters, especially having experienced guards. You look around the country this year; that was one of the main storylines we talked about going into the year. Is that there wasn't a lot of really good point guards, or really good shooting guards. Um, though that was like the big deficit um, roster-wise and talent-wise this season. The teams that all made runs had really talented, really experienced point guards. And that's the big reason why UNC was able to turn their season around and make this run. Uh, it's because Caleb Love and RJ Davis. Suddenly decided they were going to score twenty and thirty points a game, you know, up until uh, up until last night. Kansas obviously ha- has some really good guards. that Christian Brown, uh, Christian Brown stepped up, and obviously Remy Martin in the championship game as well. You know, Bill Nova's guards have done. Uh, Duke ha- had so much athleticism in the backcourt. Uh, it's it's one thing that we harp on every March is that you know guard play wins tournament games. It does. It happens for a reason. and I think this this past tournament really reinforced that.
0: Uh, the Big Ten gets nine teams in, no team reaches the Final Four. Um, what, is, what does this say about the Big Ten? Because many thought this was the most dominant uh, you know, college basketball conference this season, yet none of them reached the Final Four.
1: Well, uh, it uh, kind of builds off that, right? The Big, big Ten's best players and what those offense are built around, for the most part, are star big men and traditional big men. And I think you need one of those those guys to win in the Big Ten simply because of the style that they play and how many other elite big men there are in that conference. But from a guard perspective, there's not a lot of, uh, of truly, truly elite backcourt players in the Big Ten this year. A lot of them were, were those frontcourt guys. And, and we saw it last year, too. Teams were able to speed them up and, and backward battle and, and knock those Big Ten teams out early. I think that's that was the story, again, just personnel-wise, those were teams that were built to have regular season success, which a lot of them did, but not necessarily NCAA tournament success in a one and done scenario.
0: The, uh, the Big Ten, obviously, we didn't think that the Badgers would end up nearly as good as they did this season, and they did. They ended up tying for the Big Ten title. Give me your thoughts on Greg Gard and the season they had.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's incredible. And I think this season really solidified the fact that you have to consider Greg Gard as being one of the better coaches in the country, and certainly one of the better coaches in the Big Ten. And when he took over for, for Bo Ryan, there was stuff about you know still being Bo Ryan's guys, and if Greg Gard could recruit and, and develop players. Um, We're far enough past that now to where Greg Gard has his his own track record to stand on, and it's a a pretty damn good track record. I mean, you look at the last couple of years, there are a couple of Big Ten regular season titles in there, shares of regular season Big Ten titles, with teams kind of like this year that were not expected to be that. So I I think Gard has earned and has continued to earn uh, respect around the country that he he probably should have been given a couple of years ago.
0: What does it say when you get so many upsets when it comes to Iowa State beating Wisconsin? Miami knocks off Auburn. You continually look at, obviously, St. Peter's makes a run in this one. St. Mary's, they got a win. And then before they ultimately got knocked off by UCLA. And When you look at a lot of these teams, because Indiana has a play-in game, they end up winning that, take on St. Mary's. You thought the Big Ten team would roll over at St. Mary's, and they just weren't able to uh, succumb. So when you look at a lot of these upsets, is the playing field in college basketball so much more even keel?
1: I think so, uh, and part of that has to do with just the, the one-and-done nature of how the sport has become, where the best players are in the sport for one year, maybe two. The gap between talent and experience in terms of what it means in on-court production has never been smaller, and a lot of those teams we saw make runs that we weren't expecting were experienced teams, and then maybe the teams that were higher seeds that fell earlier. Were younger teams with, with maybe more talent, but didn't have the the experience to handle the game situations that were thrown at them. I, I do think too that the talent pool in college basketball and just basketball in general has never been deeper. Like the gap between the guys at Kentucky and the guys at St. Peter's from a, a skill standpoint is not as is not as big as it was five ten years ago. I don't think some of that's experience. Some of that is just the way. Players are learning the game now, and the amount of spots there are it, are so limited that if you're, you're able to get you know, the 150th best player in the country, all the other top schools, they're all filled up. But the 150th best player in the country, for the most part, probably still a really good player who can do some things. Uh, and I think we've just seen that talent gap shrink over time.
0: When you look at, uh, and going back to Wisconsin, so many, uh, you got a couple of players leaving, going to the transfer portal. Johnny Davis is leaving. What should the expectation be for Greg Gard coming into next season?
1: So I, I think it's going to look a lot like this past season, where it's like, okay. Probably a middling Big Ten team. Let's, if they make the NT tournament, that's a success. Uh, I think those will be the preseason expectations again. But as we've seen with guard, that doesn't necessarily mean that's where they end up. They could very well contend for a Big Ten title again. Uh, you know, if Chucky Hepburn steps up and becomes a star the same way Johnny Davis did, Wisconsin could very easily be, be in that situation. The supporting cast uh, continues to step up the way they have in the Velk. They could be in that situation again. Uh, I think that's realistic to say, but I don't think it's necessarily realistic to expect at this point. Uh, in terms of what I would expect, I would, I would hope for a, a middling Big Ten finish, compete for an NCAA tournament bid. Um, I think there's got to be some, just some step back, some reloading year at some point if you can make the tournament the in that year. I think that's successful, but I, I'm also at this point not going to write Wisconsin off from anything just given what Greg Gard has shown.
0: Talking with Brian Ralph, if you want to find him over on uh, Twitter at B-R-A-U-F-33. Also with uh, Heat Check College Basketball, Heat Check CBB, you can find him over on Twitter as well. Uh, I'd love to bang on Kentucky because Kentucky's one of the teams I love to hate after growing up in the Cincinnati area. But I will say this. What is the sentiment right now with Calipari so far removed from Final Fours and championships and the one-and-dones continue to churn through there, but the success that that Kentucky fans uh, want is not happening. So what is the thought right now on, mm-hmm. on Calipari and Kentucky?
1: I, I think for the first time, there is, at least in wider college basketball circles, there is legitimate... Discourse about whether or not he's lost his effort or still has it, however you want to put it. Um, you know, there a couple down years you can write off as just being kind of a, a lull in your career. Maybe some guys didn't pan out uh, the way you want. You can't necessarily win playing that one and done model and turning over the same roster or different rosters year after year. and you Continue to have success. I think there was some merit to that and giving him a pass. But this year was also supposed to be a different year. As they were older. They could shoot. They could do all the things that the teams that struggled the last couple of years could not do. And they were excellent during the regular season. And then to have that happen, have that kind of bounce back and then fall flat on your face in the NCAA tournament, I think kind of negates any goodwill or positive signs you built up during the regular season. I think we're in a situation now where, Tournament success, tournament success always matters more than regular season success. Uh, but Calipari is almost in the same situation that Gonzaga is in, where it's like, okay, we know what you can do during the regular season. That doesn't necessarily necessarily matter to us anymore. Let's see what you do in the tournament, and that's that's how we're going to judge you in your season. So I, I think the pressure is on him now to to reel off maybe not a, a championship run, but show he can make another elite eight, final four i get Kentucky back to that level sooner rather than later.
0: Real quick before I let you go, I just got somebody that asked me, what does Wisconsin have to do to get back into that national spotlight? And, and, and when you talk about recruits, my argument is always, it's tough to demand respect when you haven't won it. Some of these programs, like Kansas, like Duke, like North Carolina, you start to go through that list, they've all won it. They're going to get those blue chippers because they they have that exposure. What do you think needs to happen for Greg Gard to take that next step? Is it just getting one of those recruits to come in and say, I'll buy into that system?
1: I think so. I mean, that would certainly help. Uh, I think maybe a, a more realistic and more likely scenario is you get a couple of high upside guys like Johnny Davis who see, okay, they can develop me here, and maybe I was not looked at by the North Carolinas or the Dukes or Kentuckys for X number of reasons, or maybe I'm a late bloomer and they just did not have a spot left for me, but I see here that I can develop into a lottery pick because Greg Gard has shown that track record now with Johnny Davis. I think that's the more likely path to take that first step into that realm, and then once you get there, then it's you open the doors to, to – the, the higher-end prospects, too, that say, okay, I, I can go here and not only win, but make the NBA as well. Uh, so I, I think there's probably two steps have to happen. Uh, Johnny Davis is, it certainly has them well on the way for the first one, and I, I think that makes them more intriguing to those high upside late bloomers who might be overlooked or, or just need another couple of years of seasoning, which, you know, some 18-year-olds need, and that's fine. Uh, and Guard and that Wisconsin program have, have shown the capability to certainly develop guys at a high level. Brian,
0: great stuff. We certainly appreciate it. We'll touch base again as recruiting starts to come in, and I appreciate your time, man. Okay.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Thanks so much. There you go, Brian Ralph. You can get his stuff uh, over on Twitter, and and good stuff. Uh, and when you talk about it, uh, Heat Check CBB at Heat Check CBB, host of the podcast National Writer covering uh, college basketball, the biggest comeback. Uh, In NCAA championship history, Kansas last night gets the the win. They pull uh, off the biggest comeback, 72-69. They were down by 16-15 at half. And uh, the 16-point deficit breaks the record held by Loyola Chicago after the Ramblers came back from a 15-point deficit to win the national title. And until Monday night, the biggest ham t- halftime deficit ever turned around in a national title game was 10. And that was by Kentucky when they came back to knock off Utah. So a big one last night uh, down in the Big Easy. Uh, 877-867-1670. you want to find us, please go ahead and do so. Don't forget our friends at Quick Trip. If you're going to do some tailgating, it's coming up. Got some tailgating coming up over at uh, American Family Field as the Brewers are get all set a week from Thursday to come back home and start the baseball season in milwaukee and in the state of wisconsin stop off if you're on your way to quick trip grab those uh, fillets those bacon wrapped pork fillets they're on 99 cents limit five right now as well as all of your tailgate fare whether it's buns you can get the brats you can get the hot dogs you can get the bread you can get the bananas you can get the uh, the beverages out of the beer cave whatever it happens to be for your tailgate party stop off at quick trip And make it the absolute best. Stop in and tell them we said hey. I'm going to go ahead and take a quick break. Stay tuned. We got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. If you are looking for a water softening system, hands down, the best one out there. I I get it all the time. I just had uh, a friend of mine at my house yesterday, and uh, he heard it kick in. He said, what is that? Let me see it. It's the Connecticut water softening system. I'm seeing ads all over for all different kinds of water softening systems, and there's one or two brands out there that advertise heavily. Uh, But the Connecticut water softening system, you want the best. You compare that to the ones that are being advertised heavily right now, and hands down. Uh, Connecticut wins every damn day of the week. All you got to do is uh, get a hold of my buddy uh, John Attlee over at the Water Doctors, uh, Grandview Boulevard, Waukesha, Wisconsin. Uh, Call him 262 549 7733. 262 549 7733. If he can't help you in whatever area you're in, he will point you to the dealer that can. But get a hold of him 262 549 7733. Ask for John, he's the owner. And uh, that is by far, and I've got it in my house, by far the best water softening system, whether it comes to getting your clothes cleaner, showering and feeling better, cleaner, getting all the soap and grime and all that stuff off of you. And when it comes to just drinking water, the reverse osmosis is spectacular. And the service they give you is second to none. Second to none. Get a hold of the Water Doctors, 262-549-7733, or go to h H2- 2 the number two, the letter O, H2O doctors.com. That's H2O doctors.com. There you go. That's our friends at the Water Doctors in Waukesha. Um, coming up after the top of the hour, uh, our buddy Kevin Wheeler from ESPN Radio down in St. Louis. We're going to talk with him as I'm sure they've got a different reaction to the uh, Brewers catcher, Pedro Severino, being suspended 80 games, the backup catcher being suspended 80 games by the league for uh, taking a ban substance. So we've got that going on. We'll talk with him about uh, the St. Louis Cardinals and their prowess right behind the Milwaukee Brewers this season, as we talked to Mo, excuse me, Mo Egger yesterday. We'll cover the Cubs coming up tomorrow in, uh, in the same sense, but uh, we're going to talk with uh, Kevin Wheeler today. And then the last hour of the program, we're going to also talk with uh, James Jones. As more and more teams, it comes out. Now the Cowboys are throwing their hat into the uh, into the ring, into the mix, as they are also out on the prowl trying to find themselves a wide receiver. They're, everybody's trying to find uh, a wide receiver, a veteran wide receiver. And it just... I think now. I my question. Joel asked me. He says, do you think the Packers are going to trade for any big time or mediocre name wide receiver that's a veteran? I do. I do. I. Th- this is what I think. Okay. What I think is that as we get closer to the to the uh, the NFL draft, you're going to see something happen that's going to set off a chain reaction. I think. Right now, teams are putting it out there that they're interested. Interested, They're looking for a team that might be in the midst of a rebuild, might not be as good, might be looking for extra draft choices, might have many holes to fill that want to stock up on draft choices and therefore maybe want to deal one of their, their top flight wide receivers. Um, I know Randall Cobb is a veteran. I get that. Uh, Taylor says, "You know, don't forget about Randall Cobb. He's a veteran. He can teach the young guys. He can, but he's not a guy that is going to take attention away from the young guys on the field. You're not going to get Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson in this draft. You're just not. And you need that. We're going to talk with James Jones the last hour of the program um, because... I had a really good conversation with him a couple of years ago about wide receivers and about when he played and about the number of wide receivers. And he had some comments that I'm going to go back to and get him to expound upon when it comes to the wide receiver class. That's coming up in the last hour of the show. But you you have to have some guys. Uh, I don't think you can go into the season with Alan Lazard, who's got the second-round tender. I don't think you can go into the season – With Randall Cobb, and then uh, a bunch of guys, Mari Rogers maybe behind him, uh, Malik Taylor, um, you know, uh, Chris Blair, Rico Gafford, I think. You you that that's your wide receiver, Jawan Winfrey. That's your wide receiving core right now. Now I know some of you seem to think, well, you got Tanyan. And you've got Aaron Jones out of the backfield, yes. But if you can't stretch the field, what you're going to have is corners and safeties creeping up, and those four- and five-yard outs are going to go to one- and two-yard outs and being stacked up at the line of scrimmage because it's just going to be, be dink-and-dunk offense that isn't going to garner first downs continuously. And defenses can play up, especially when defenses can play singular on the outside, one-on-one, if you don't have somebody that's going to stretch the field, or two, for that matter. So, yes, I really feel that there is going to be uh, a deal done. Uh, I don't know who. And with so many teams now suddenly throwing their hat into the ring for veteran wideouts, we all know that DK Metcalf has been a guy that's been heavily talked about. So I I don't know who else is going to be out there that is going to be on the trade block. I mean, I know that if you go to the Seahawks, you got DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, but Tyler Lockett, what what is he now? A six year vet, seven year vet, DK Metcalf, three or four. So Lockett, he's a a less sought after when it comes to DK Metcalf. I take him first. He Tyler Lockett is less sought after. We'll say now you know, maybe you can find a team out there. You're not going to trade in the division. Here, here's the other thing. Seattle may not even want to trade in the conference. That may eliminate the Packers altogether. They might may not even trade in the conference. So if you're going to start looking elsewhere, you know, do you look at a, a team like, like New York? They just drafted Elijah Moore in the second round. They're not going to get rid of him. Denzel Mims, they're not going to get rid of him. You know, they're trying to develop these guys. So when you look at a team like like the Jets, uh, the Steelers, they lost Juju Smith-Schuster. They're not going to give up any more. Jacksonville's trying to develop their guys and, and build a rapport with Trevor Lawrence. So you, you would assume that they're also in the market for wide receiver help. I mean, all of their guys are, you know, um, free agents they brought in to try to help Trevor Lawrence. And they're trying to rebuild with a new coaching staff. So they're not giving it up, right? Which leads you to what, the AFC West? Nobody's giving it up out there. Everybody's trying to get better. It's going to be, the, the, the pickings are going to be slim for the Packers. They're going to have to get creative. And you're probably really going to have to overpay to get one of these guys. So if if the if the Packers don't pick up a DK Metcalf if they say they don't want to deal in the in the conference then maybe the Packers don't make a move which then would lead you to believe that the Packers are going to make a move in the NFL draft maybe not once but twice to get the guy they really covet and how much is that ultimately going to cost you which is why now you start to look at this and say okay if the Packers are really 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 quiet okay really quiet Maybe they are looking at somebody that they can grab in a draft and say, okay, let's see what it's going to cost us to move up with so many teams jockeying for position right now. You know? 877-867-1670, 877-867-1670. Hit us up. 877-867-1670. Give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, Apparently, uh, Tyron Matthew is uh they thought that he might end up in Pittsburgh but now uh, i saw today he is down in uh in in New Orleans visiting the Saints uh there's still some thought that Odell Beckham Jr could come in and help a team maybe by midseason if you're talking about some of the better wide receivers that are out there Jarvis Landry another one Christian Kirk is gone AJ Green Still unsigned down in uh, Arizona. Maybe he ends up with the Cardinals. Maybe the Packers give him a look to bring him in. Maybe he could be that safety valve for Aaron Rodgers along with along with Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard, who both run really crisp routes. Uh, I don't think, and I know I'm getting a lot of people that are telling me Julio Jones, He, I think he's big in name only. I, I just, I know the Cowboys were looking at him. So I I just, I mean, they they still have CeeDee Lamb and Michael Gallup. It's not like they are bereft of talent. But I just, Julio Jones, I mean, the guy got cut. He just didn't have anything left. Maybe if he's not looked at as the dude, he can give you something. Just maybe take the attention away, but I don't think so. I, I think he's past his prime. So many injuries. Detrimental injuries that have hampered his ability and his speed. I just think he's past his prime. I think he's he's done. He may come in just to fortify a position if somebody goes down with an injury. But beyond that, I don't think Julio Jones is. He's not Julio Jones anymore, I'll tell you that. But that's it. That's all that's really out there. Of note, Jarvis Landry might be the only guy you would go after. And my assumption is that as time goes on, the price goes down for these guys. Not up. 877 867 1670, 867 1670. Give us a shout. Um, yeah, let's do this. We're running a little bit late. Let's do this. We'll take a quick break. Come back. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. We look at Admirals continue to win the Milwaukee Admirals. They got games coming up against the Manitoba Moose. The Moose are in town coming up tomorrow night and again this weekend uh, down at the UW Panther Arena. If you're looking for some hockey action here in the state of Wisconsin, check it out. The Manitoba Moose coming to town as the season winds down, the playoffs begin to heat up. And uh, they got a uh, they got a, a win uh, against Grand Rapids. They uh, they won Friday night uh, back at home against the dreaded rival Chicago Wolves. They won a four to one game there. They ended up losing the next night down at the Rosemont uh, down in Rosemont, Illinois. But uh, they got the Moose coming up uh, in two games uh, tomorrow, and on Friday, and then the Cleveland Lake Monsters come to town on Saturday. So you got a lot of action going on for the Milwaukee Admirals as the season uh, begins to culminate. And then we get into the uh, the postseason, which I can't wait for. The last game of the season, though, the last game on the 29th, is against Rockford, the Icehawks. You always want to go. That's down at the UW Panther Arena. Well, you always want to go to those games. That's, uh, that's when a hockey game breaks out by accident. Check out the Milwaukee Admirals. Go to MilwaukeeAdmirals.com. That is MilwaukeeAdmirals.com for all your ticket information and for a lot of the promotions that they still have going on. Again, com. So uh, I'm sitting here reading. CBS uh, had put out a list of wins, win totals for the NFL teams this year. And Buffalo, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, as they sit right now, as these teams sit right now, are the teams that have the most, uh, the best odds, I shall say, to get to and win a Super Bowl, and I it scratches I, I scratch my head a little bit because Buffalo I think is is an incredibly good team. They're picking uh, the Buccaneers, the Bills, and the Packers to all get to eleven and a half wins, uh, give or take, obviously. Okay. Um, the Buccaneers eleven and a half. CBS says the Packers sitting at 11, Kansas City 10 and a half. Uh, now the Broncos with Russell Wilson at 10, and it goes on from there. They say that's the notable win totals. I uh, That is putting a lot of stock into just the sheer ability of Aaron Rodgers and game plan capability of Matt LaFleur as it stands right now. And the Packers don't have an easy schedule by any stretch of the imagination. I find it interesting that that's where they have them right now. Uh, Dallas at 10 and a half, the Rams 10 and a half as well. So they consider the Packers better than the Cowboys, better than the Rams, and tied with the Buccaneers. Those four teams, when you talk about win totals, that's it for the NFC. San Francisco, they're kind of pegging in at about 10 maybe. But after that, it's the Chargers, the Broncos, the Bengals, the Titans, the Colts, the Browns, the Ravens, the Cardinals, then the Cardinals. That's the next NFC team. Everybody else is an AFC team. You get past the Cardinals, you got New England, Miami, the Raiders, then the Eagles. Then the Eagles with Minnesota, and it kind of goes from there. But there's not much as far as representation goes for wins and win totals in uh, in the NFC. And they say it's going to be a battle between the Buccaneers and the Packers for the top spot. I just I still find that hard to believe right now the way the Packers sit with their offensive weaponry. And really, let's be honest, um, unless there is a big jump by Amari, Amari Rogers, which I don't necessarily see coming, I hope for, maybe maybe there is because maybe he just gets more of an opportunity because out of necessity now. So maybe there will be. But with Lazard, Lazard is a is a really crisp, shorted route, route runner. But doesn't have that downfield speed. Uh, Cobb is at the end of his career. You you still need, I think, a veteran, and not, not one but two wide receivers in the draft. That's that's just what I'm thinking. That's just what I'm thinking. 877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Uh, Ryan says, why isn't Jamison Williams the Packers' main target right now? Well, mainly for the fact that you need a contributor right now. It's not that he's not a target. I don't think he's their main target because you need a contributor right now. He's not probably not going to play at least until October at the earliest I know he's doing workouts, and he was at the pro day, but he wasn't participating, and he was over on the sidelines, and he he's doing high stepping stepping drills and stuff, and people are like, ooh, but it, it takes for that tendon to attach, for that tendon to strengthen, for all of that to happen, it, it it just takes a while for the muscles around it to really strengthen and support it. It just takes a while, and. And don't get me wrong. I mean, for what he was at Alabama, tremendous talent, tremendous talent. But I just don't know if he's going to be able to come in and help you right away. I mean, not only will he not help you on the field right away, but then it's then the whole thing of which now you got to kind of throw it out the window. Where Aaron Rodgers talks about, well, I got to trust this guy, I trust this guy, I trust this guy. He's got to earn my trust, and how do you earn trust if you're not on the field? You know, and and part of that, I think this year, if if Aaron Rodgers puts up the same numbers as he did last year, I think this will be his best year ever. We're going to talk with James Jones, the former Packers wide receiver, about this coming up a little bit later on in the program, but I, I think it would be his best year ever by far. Let's go to John listening to us in Menominee Falls. John, how you doing today, man? What's going on?
1: I am wonderful. Thanks for taking my call. I'm on my lunch hour. It's the only time I get to listen to you is during lunch hour. But my, my comment is about uh, we definitely need the two receivers, but I think you're missing something. Late second round, early third, got to be looking for the best tight end on the board, and they've got to fill that hole because we don't have that red soul weapon. And the other thing is Tunyon's not coming back mid midseason, so they've, they've right. got to address that position as well.
0: Uh, that I would agree with. Uh, this team, I, I think they can upgrade at tight end. Don't forget they're going to be looking for another edge rusher. They're going to look, be looking for offense. And I, the one thing that I have not talked about a lot, but I think they need offensive line depth as well. I agree. Because Elton Jenkins is not coming back right away. You're not going to get him back from that knee injury. You don't know what you're going to get out of David Bakhtiari for a little while because you you're not sure if he's even going to be able to participate because of the season or the lack thereof that he had. So you got to kind of until you can breathe easy and you know he's back, you got to think about that as well. There you go. Appreciate it, man. Good stuff. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. 877-867-1670. He's right. He's right. Thanks for listening on your lunch hour, too. Appreciate it. Good stuff. Uh, let's do this. We're going to step away, take a quick break. We'll come back. Get back to the phone calls when we come back. Hang in there. More of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. <laughs> that is global, that is called Pindel, P-I-N-D-E-L. And uh, they are a global machining company, global precision CNC machining, Swiss machining, multiple spindle screw machining, and uh, they've got subassembly and all that kind of good stuff. If you're if you're in the area, within the sound of my voice, and you're looking to work with a great company and work with them on parts or whatever it is they, they can do for you, uh, all you got to do is give them a call, 262-786-2550. 262-786-2550. Or if you are looking for employment, uh, same thing. Go to P-I-N-D-E-L dot com. P-I-N-D-E-L dot com. But they are paying really well. Paying really well. And in addition to that, great benefits. And they they will teach you. They have apprenticeships. They have uh the ability to teach you. And if you want to take this and then move on and Open up your own company there. They're, they're going to help you there as well. But uh, get a hold of Bill, 262-786-2550, 262-786-2550. Again, 262-786-2550. They are hiring. Bill is the CEO over there. He's a good dude. Uh, he'll pick up the phone, or you can leave him a voicemail, or my buddy Tony, 262-786-2550. Pindel.com, P-I-N-D-E-L.com, P-I-N-D-E-L.com. Give him a shout. Um... Let's do this. Let's get back to the phone calls real quick. Uh, Let's talk to, uh, who do we got? Tim, let's go to Tim. Tim, welcome to the program, man. What's going on?
1: Hey, thanks, Bill. Hey, uh, I want to give a shout-out to Matt LaFleur. I I think people forget how bad this Packer passing game had become before Matt LaFleur came. And it was, Rodgers drop back, look around, wave somebody open. And LaFleur really revolutionized this this passing game. I think this is another opportunity like we had with Brett Favre when Sterling Sharp got hurt. And it changed Brett Favre's way he threw the ball. He began to spread the ball around a lot more. And that's what made the Packers such a powerhouse. I think this could happen with Rodgers. He's going to change his game. And I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl as a result of it. That's my prediction for what it's worth. <laughs> Bob, okay,
0: Thanks. I would I would hope. I appreciate the phone call. I hope you are right. I hope you are right. That would be fantastic. Um... That would be you know obviously huge news if <laughs> if they were able to take uh, this team the way it stands, the way it's being predicted to a Super Bowl that would be that would be enormous. I don't know how real it is uh, without really, really bolstering a couple of positions. I think they're I don't think that uh, defensively speaking, uh, you want to get Jair Alexander locked up. You'd like to add depth in your secondary, another edge rusher on the outside, maybe. Either a linebacker or defensive line depth. You can never have too many guys in the trenches. Okay? But defensively, I think you're relatively set, barring mass injury. Offensively, I think you need two wideouts. I think you need a tight end. I think you need depth on the offensive line. And then you're good. I, I mean it's easy to say, because it's it's three quarters of your offense. Uh two wideouts for sure. Although don't forget, you still have Mercedes Lewis, Dominic Daphne. Uh, Tanya will be coming back. You'll have those guys. And then obviously two really good running backs. Maybe you pick up a third running back along the way if you, know, if you go in that direction and one becomes available. But that's kind of where I, I think right now you're looking for offensive weaponry for Aaron Rodgers. Going back to what you talk about Favre, going back to the argument with Favre towards the end of his career, that he just never had the large amount of weaponry that was required for them to take that next step, offensively speaking. Now, I agree with you 100% about Matt LaFleur and where the offense was when he got here, when he took it over after that dismal, dismal loss when Mike McCarthy was fired uh, after this team got beat by Arizona at home and basically booed off the field. And then you saw, you know, empty seats, no fans, you know, as far as the upper level, fans weren't in the stands. And it just, you, you saw the writing on the wall. That was the beginning of the end. And you kept hoping they would turn it around, but it just, it, it never happened. And then LaFleur comes in the very next year, and all of a sudden, boom, the offense looks spectacular. Rodgers is bought in. You're back to 13 wins. I mean, it, it, it's been, you know, a honeymoon pretty much ever since. So I agree with you with the motion, with the movement, with the things that they can do. But you still need, you still need a guy or two that can blow the lid off. And again, we're going to talk with James Jones, former wide receiver of the Packers, coming up. After uh, the top of the next, not this next hour, but the hour after, the final hour of the program, uh, we're going to talk with him. And, I, and we're going to get I, – I, I want him on because I want to give you perspective for what it is the Packers need. So you can go inside that huddle, go inside that locker room, go inside the mind of the quarterback and understand how things work. We'll get into that. Uh 867 1670. Kevin says, I'm assuming that the Packers projected win total is based upon the NFC North being so bad. Well, if they're calling for 11 wins, you're only getting six of them out of the NFC North. Where are the other five coming from? You're still going to have to beat some quality opponents to be able to get to the 11 win total. 877 867 If you want to chime in, feel free. Uh, i got some emails to get to. Uh, Mike says, uh, what about Brandon Cooks? His numbers uh, for the previous four or five years in receiving yards is only around 200 uh, less than Adams, a good veteran presence that could be a complement to a potential rookie receiver drafted. That's from our buddy Mike. I would not be objective to that. I would not be objective to that. Steve says, good day, Bill. Uh, what about Jameson Williams from Alabama being a potential Packer target? I agree that they need someone now, not at the end of the year. Um, uh, as I've mentioned, I really like Traylon Burks and uh, uh, Christian Watson, both big receivers, Watson blistering speed in uh, round two or three, perhaps. Don't sleep on another receiver from Alabama, the John Mechie, uh, which I've heard some talk about him, not from the Packers, but just in general. He too played uh, a part in the championship game after Williams went down. I hope our lad's guides come soon, and we're going to be getting Dan Shonka. We're going to try for Dan Shonka. Uh, right now, I, Ben, now we Dan had some health issues. And do we have, is he going to be doing anything, or are we just going to kind of hold off for a while? Last I heard was, no, he's not doing anything right now. Okay. So, yeah, we'll see. Dan had some health issues, and we kind of begged off of Dan, maybe we can find uh, one of the other guys that Dan works with. From our lads, but uh, yeah, uh, best of luck and prayers to Dan because uh, I know he's he's dealing with some pretty serious stuff right now. So we we will we will keep him in our thoughts, but um, we will try to get somebody else from our lads on for sure. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. If you want to hit us up, Mark says, what about the Chiefs after losing Tariq Hill? They're still picked to win ten and a half games this season. Unit, do you think that the Chiefs with their depleted offense? should be farther down along with the Packers and the Buccaneers because Godwin's not going to be back anytime soon either. Um, I I think it's – Vegas always has a pretty good insight as to what the numbers would be. When you're talking about – look at it this way. The bills are loaded, right? Bills are loaded. The Packers, Buccaneers, Kansas City, all, what do they have? They all have top-notch quarterbacks, all of them. All of them have top-notch quarterbacks. That's the difference. When you lose other pieces and you don't have a great quarterback, those are really detrimental. But when you have a great quarterback, it's the thought process is those quarterbacks can overcome some of the detriments. Coming up next, we're going to go back into baseball. We're going to go back into baseball just a bit. We're going to find out what the St. Louis Cardinals have going on. And if you're just tuning us in, um, Pedro Severino, the Brewers' backup catcher, has been suspended 80 games for testing positive for a banned substance. Stay tuned. Hang in there. We'll talk more about that as well. Coming up right after this. The Bill Michaels Show
1: Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.